Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Conversations with Coco and Friends. I'm your host, Coco, aka Katrina Smart. Every episode, I'll be having real conversations with the people who inspire me. We go deep and we go there. And I've got my girls with me. This podcast is co-hosted by two of my friends who I happen to also work with. Cleo is a kick-ass producer and a problem solver. And Pilar is an insane director and social media manager. We hope you enjoy these conversations as much as we enjoy having them. Welcome back to another episode of Conversations with Coco and Friends. I'm here with Cleo and Pilar, and we're going to talk today just about getting her going, how to get started. This is something that sounds kind of really easy, something that maybe shouldn't be a topic, but if you are like any of us over the last year, it's almost like there's been kind of a pause put on everything. Yeah, we've all been working, we've all been grinding, we've all been doing our thing, but anything outside of kind of like our actual work, the passion things, the things that get us excited side hustles. They all seem to kind of just stop. Even some things with our health too. So we want to talk about just starting. And I feel like it's funny because everyone has this idea in their head that they need to do so many things before they start. It's even like starting a diet next week. I'm like, okay, I'm going to order pizza tonight. Oh my God. That was me last week. Oh, it's like the, what's it called? That, that there's a whole Instagram handle that's hilarious. Diet starts Monday. Oh, (laughs) I've never seen this before. I live for that account. I'm like, it's so relatable when you're like, okay, I'll start tomorrow. But then tonight I need to have da 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 da. Like you really, your mind goes there, eh? That that was 100% me last week. Like before I was like, okay, I'm like going to do my washout. I was to the point where I was eating so much shit on the weekend. It was so dumb. And I was like, I'm, I feel ill. (laughs) I I feel like I'm going to barf number one. And number two, I was like, what else can I eat before D-Day? It's actually like, to be honest with you, I feel like it's, um, what's the word around like food stuff? Um, just, it's like disordered, right? Like I know in my heart of hearts that that kind of thing, even though it's not on like a really large scale, like it is um, some of the big disorders, but that's disordered eating. Like, speaking about you know how you're gonna deal with this like new way of living when if you would just i could have just eaten two things and i would have been fine and also know that the next weekend you're probably (laughs) also next weekend i could still eat also i could eat this week if i really wanted to too it's uh, that's where the that disordered piece comes in around um like cheat days or cheat meals and like yeah i'm packing it all in but why do we feel the pressure to perfect something before sharing it. Like I'm not like this at all. <laughs> so um, 
I think when we started the blog, we I started it way back, long, long time ago. And it was just kind of like, we'll just start it and figure it out. Like, that's kind of my way. It's also our way in our business. Like, we've had to take on different avenues to kind of stay afloat and keep the lights on. And so it's just, oh, we'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. But I think that, I don't know, there's a lot of people that are afraid. I've, I've talked to two people in particular, I think, every year for 10 years about them starting a blog. And they still haven't. And they're still here without yeah, the blog. Still haven't started the blog. And it's like, what are you waiting for? But I get that perspective from a lot of people who are like, no, I want to get the branding just right. Oh, I want to talk to this person before I actually move forward with posting my first post. And it's like, just post it. Anyone listening, if you have that thing on the back burner, which we've spoken about on the blog, it's time. Like we've been in COVID for a year. You said the same thing. Like we've all been working, working, working. But with the passion projects and stuff, it's so easy to just say, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll start next week. I'll start when I finish this. And like, if you don't start now, your growth is just being hindered anyways. And you can't get better if you don't start. Right. Right. So you think somehow you're going to be put put up one post or do one thing in your new business and you're going to be like an overnight success. Like newsflash that does not exist. Even artists who win like uh, breakout artists for the Grammys have been recording stuff for 10 years. Yeah. It's just finally they're getting the play. So, yeah. That does. I think sometimes it's like a disappointment thing. So I'm a kick you in the water, like we'll figure it out kind of person, always have been. But when you're talking about this, I was thinking like, what are ways that I do this? Like where I want to like perfect something or make sure it is. And I do it a lot in when it comes to like more personal things or relationships with my friends where I like won't ask for something or before I ask for the thing, I'm like, okay, I have to do all these other things to make sure that I'm in the best position to ask for this thing, to show you that I'm worthy, that I'm this. And that's like my shitty thing that I do. And it's so stupid because I've like, I'm not usually someone to work myself into a tizzy about anything. It's not my style. But what, when I think about it, what I'm most worried about is like disappointing someone that I love or someone that I care about in the thing that I'm doing. Even though if I actually just took a moment to step back, I know because I'm a hustler or whatever, I would never disappoint someone I'm promising something to. Never. Even if I was like, I don't know how to do this, I'll figure it out. But I think that's sometimes the the wheelhouse that people get stuck in is they're so worried about people not liking something or disappointing or making the wrong move because like we talked about on our last podcast, cancel culture is so real. Like if you make the wrong move, people are fucking vicious. So maybe that's part of it. Opening yourself up to judgment too. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you've done something where you've been okay at it and you worked in the confines of let's say corporate world or within a space that you're really good at what you do, but you're just not happy with what you're doing. There's that fear that you then left something where it was pretty easy and now people are going to judge you or Mm -hmm. criticize you and that can be scary that happened to me when i had a clothing line and we failed pretty badly and looking back it took me a long time to rebound from that but it's almost like this idea it's not almost like it is once you rebound you have options and you can take that as a lesson and these lessons are guiding principles for everything i do now But when I was in that moment, I was just like, I'm shit. Mm. I suck. I'll never do anything again. Everybody knows I'm a failure. Nobody fucking even remembers I did that. 
Literally. You know? Or when, when they do remember it, it's always like, oh my God, I remember you yeah. had like Brazen Hussey yeah. and they love it. Like it's always yeah. a positive. I've never right. heard anybody say a negative thing about it. It's right. always like, this was this iconic thing from Toronto, like the young Toronto's history. Cause it also set you up to start all these other things for where you are now. Right. Exactly. And if you didn't do that thing or those things following it, you wouldn't be the person you are today. That sounds so cheesy, but it's so true. Yeah. People are like, do I, should I? And at the end of the day, all you have is yourself. Mm -hmm. I remember Coach Carrie on CWC and Friends. She she made a really good point of saying, like, who cares what someone else thinks if you do that thing? Mm -hmm. When you know that's what you really want to do, you're stuck in your corporate role, you're not happy I mean, obviously, there is the financial piece that sometimes may be hindering that leap. But once you finally do it, then you're actually living a life that is closer to to what you want to be doing. Yeah, that fear of the unknown, the other side, the other side. And sometimes it's not at all. It's not always about entrepreneurship. It can be about like asking for a raise or asking for a different position. Yeah. You know, looking for advancement in your career or I don't know. There's so many different avenues to it. It's so true. And and like taking the time to think about what it is that you want to do. Because mm-hmm. so many people right now in COVID are like going through the motions every day. I wake up, I work from my house, I eat in my house, I sleep in my house. <laughs> like for everyone who's been stuck in Ontario's restricted location. I think too, it's like thinking about what you don't want. Like a lot of people talk about the side hustle. Like this is what we're talking about. The blog, yeah. the this, or that. I found for myself over the last year, I had to be like, I actually don't want to do any more of those side hustle things. I do not want to work 67 contracts. I don't want to be like peak level Jamaican with a thousand things that I'm always hustling. And stepping back from those things took a lot to like to swallow, to be like, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't just want to have my own business anymore. I don't this is not fulfilling me. But then you feel shitty like a failure, like working through that thing where I'm like, I don't want to work for myself anymore. Yeah. And and I think. (laughs) people start to wear their complaints as a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. So sometimes people like, it's almost like there's this, like, it's not a good thing, but it's like a growing popular culture thing. It's not growing. It's just, it's existed where people love to complain about their job. It's love. like, it's like, I, uh, Monday. My life is you know, like, so hard. You know, it's like, but okay, sure. Sucks. You know what? But most of these people are complaining. They're not like, like shout out to garbage men, but they're not garbage men. Yeah. You know, they're not in a factory putting together fucking widgets. They have a pretty great job living a pretty great life, but they just don't like it. Yeah. So, and they can't, they don't know their next move. So it's just living in that place where I hate my boss. I hate my job. I hate everything in my situation. So I'm just a fucking bitch and not do anything. Oh my God, I can't. It. Those people listening who are in that position, like just take that in. And think about it. You're you you are in control. Like you are in control. you have the power to make the change and live the life that you want to live. And I'm not speaking to people who are in difficult situations, who are working in a wild necessity and don't have that access or ability. I'm speaking to the middle class. <laughs> people who have the ability to change their circumstance. That's who you're talking and to. And who their only thing that's stopping it is themselves. They're the same people you'd be at dinner with and you have to answer emails or get on a call. They'd be like, oh, my God, like, what are you doing? Dinner. Can you get off the phone? No, and I can't. Like, I work no, for myself. You want to start your own business. There's literally an event that's on fire right now. So actually, no, I can't get off this fucking phone. Like and you're talking about you want this life. You can't take this life. You don't want this. And that's cool. 
you don't have to like feel any way about that. Trust me, you don't want it. So our theme this month is starting something for the first time or beginning again. Why do you guys think it takes so long for people to admit it? I mean, I think everything is a lesson setting you up for the thing that is your destiny. Amen. And I feel like it's so funny too. Everyone says when one door closes, another one opens and you, you just hear it, you hear it. But when you actually feel that, like when something doesn't work for you, and then six months down the road, you get that thing or you go to that place. And it's like, ah, like imagine I did do that thing back then that I was dying over. Mm-hmm. I'm a major champion for celebrating the small wins. And here's the reason why. When you move through life and you don't acknowledge your your wins, small or big, you start to forget that a lot of things came right after something really bad or a failure. So then you get scared of failing and you think your success is just based on home runs every time. And I promise you they're not. When you fail, there's almost something natural within human beings to fucking figure your shit out. It definitely goes back to cavemen or something. And if you never did that, if you never failed, then you never succeed because you just live in a space where you're just coasting. And we all know those people who are too afraid of the failure. And so they can never push themselves like above or beyond only like a certain level. They're always just going to be at that six and they're satisfied with it. And a lot of the times people who in the startup world, they talk about the idea like fail faster. So that is the number one thing I feel like I tell people when we talk about these things, I'm like, dog, you're going to fail. Like, it's cool, but fail faster. Like, don't like when you get when you fall down, get up faster because and you will every time you fail or you fuck up or you make a mistake, you'll get up a lot faster each time because you're going to have learned the thing and you can't cut the corner. You, you can't cheat the experience. It's like cooking. You can't uh, skip the marinade and you can't skip the, the time I mean, it takes. You can. I mean, you can. But it's horrible. Yes. Exactly. And that's the what, results show. It's mediocre. <laughs> yes. At best. Yeah. At best. And Just we, ask me. We, we, <laughs> we don't celebrate mediocrity over here. No, I feel like that's what I love about us working together. We have a new fire every day. Like, even when people say like, oh, you've been at your agency. I'm like, it changes every day. Like, and that's what I love. Like, we're never bored. We never have something not to think about or figure out. And I think, though, I'm not a big one for stress. What I do love, and I've noticed this with us, is that as soon as stuff is going okay, we just kind of fuck it up a little bit. (laughs) We're just like, nah, we can do that. What? (laughs) Yes, we can. We absolutely can. I was talking to Harlow the other day. Um, I see myself in her and now I see my mother's frustration um, when she <laughs> shout was, out to Liz. Shout out circle, to Liz. Liz. She gets very excited about showing me something that she has to present. And then I'm like, she'll present it to me. But I'm like, let me read it. And she'd be like, oh, OK. And because she knows I'm going to look at her grammar and her syntax and her I'm going to look at it and I'm going to talk her through it because it's not perfect. Yeah, and the first draft it. is never fucking perfect. And it anything anybody out there thinks they're presenting something to the world and are not ready to take a little bit of criticism, just don't don't send it out to the world. Because I promise you, it's not perfect. And that's how things become great by other people's input. And so it's it's like a small thing about looking at the world when you have kids. And so I take her little paragraph she's talking about and instantly I I try not to be like, you know, super critical, but I just know well. 
I think you have a period here and it, and it shouldn't be there. And I think that you're not really, that's not a full sentence. And she's like, see, see, you're mad at me. And I'm like, I'm not no. mad at you. But you're you're never going to be perfect on the first try. And that's the, the thing that I hope that people take out of this if they're wanting to start something now, that something that you need to learn if this is your first foray into business, you're not going to be perfect on the first try. Oh my fucking God, you're never going to be perfect. <laughs> you're never, you're Sorry, perfect. that's never going to happen. You're always going to be doing something wrong. I feel like the sooner you accept, yeah. <laughs> accept that to be true. And also another big one to accept, I always think about this with events, is like expect something is going wrong. So yeah. the sooner you allow that space, the easier it is for you to be able to respond to whatever is going on. Because let us tell you right now, when the world opens up again and you're at your next event, everything looks incredible. There's been 64 fires that people have put out up until that time. And there's going to be more. But that's that. I think when someone asked us once, they were like, well, what do you do? You do events. We said, no, we're problem solvers. Mm -hmm. Reality, we make things look beautiful. But, the, but our job is to solve the problem before you even know that there was a problem and it needs to be erased and gone away. I, I Again, I always say that I don't love stress, but I do love that moment where we're like, oh, oh that's going to explode, but it's going to be sick. We're going to fix that real quick and nobody's going to know. None the wiser. <laughs> there, there's like nothing more fulfilling nothing. than that nothing and everybody loves it they're like this is incredible you're like we know meanwhile we're crying in the bag we're like <laughs> we've been there for 60 hours <laughs> but but everything's fine also true story but yeah it's on several occasions <laughs> <laughs> hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. What do you guys think for someone who is looking to be more disciplined in dedicating their time to getting better at something or finding a hobby? Like, what do you say to those people? Don't make me talk about time blocking. Ooh. <laughs> do it, girl. <laughs> the most popular Pinterest pin we got. <laughs> uh, honestly, I feel like if you don't actually carve out the time or schedule it, it's like scheduling your workout. If you don't do it, you're not going to do it. You say, oh, I'll do it after work. What time after work? Like if you don't physically step away from your computer to do that thing, Cleo, then <laughs> you aren't going to do it. Facts on facts. If that shit is not my calendar, it's not happening. And it doesn't have to be as daunting as like two hours a day. Like if you start 15 minutes a day, that's 
over two hours a week. And that's all you need. That's better than zero minutes a day. Oh, my God. Shout out to you and your 15, 20, 30 minute workouts. Those little ones, they are fire. I In my head, I was like, oh, 15 minute workout sounds dumb. Like, that's not even a workout. And I'm like, no, no, this is brilliant. What's the app called? Sweat? I did it a long time ago. I totally forgot about it because once you get tied into doing something one way, it's also hard to unravel it. So I'm used to going to the gym and having my hour long workout with a trainer and all that kind of good stuff that we had in the past that doesn't exist anymore. Or a group workout. We're going to go to spin for 45 minutes and all that kind of stuff. And I just recently decided that I need to have some kind of schedule. I need to have input working out into my life, non-negotiable as it was before. Now I would just wake up right on my phone instantly into client work and be like, well, I didn't have time. I've been working too hard all day. <laughs> no, you're, you are important. You matter and your, your health and wellness matters. And um, so we started small and it's kind of like doing those kind of small things like running 1K a day. Mm -hmm. Those little tiny changes that you make to your life tack on some weight training because I like weight training maybe a little bit of Pilates in there but mostly I like weight training it's some it makes me feel accomplished and but I'm not good at doing it on my own I'm just not and those the her sweat app it's like you can do a 10 minute workout you can do a 20 30 45 and I just love that I love that idea that you can fit it in and then somehow it, they just start to expand mm -hmm. you know I used to fancy myself as wanting to write a novel. And one of the things was, is that you had to put the time, even if you write nothing every day, you had to put your half an hour to sit there. And that creates the discipline that it takes to actually get it done. And discipline, you, you forget once you're out of college, like your university, it goes away because you're in control. There's no teacher telling you to do it. There's no boss telling you when you want to start your own business to do it. It's all you. And sometimes it's about to like finding and we've talked about this, I think, on a different podcast. I forget what episode it was, but finding what works for you in terms of like how you need to be held accountable. Like I really do good with like accountability partners. Like I love for someone to be like, Clee, did you do it? Or we're like doing the thing together. And I'm like, hey, wake up. Let's do this. Let's do this. And that works really well for me, because am I going to do that thing when I feel like watching Criminal Minds? Probably not. Yeah, it's funny because it's like it's so easy to like let ourselves down. Like we're like, I need to work out tomorrow. Doesn't yeah. work out tomorrow. I'm like like tomorrow again. But then if like we're all messaging in a group and it's like, did you all work out? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm doing mine now. Or also if you say it out loud to each other, like today, I was like, I'm going for a jog tomorrow. Like I'm going to best my time. I was like really excited because my jog was like way faster this week. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to. So now I'm drinking my white claw and I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to have this white claw. I'm going to have a glass of wine with my dinner. But then that's it, like lock off because tomorrow I have to do this thing. And I mean, I've definitely done it hungover before. Do not recommend. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not it's not a vibe. It's not the look. But it's kind of like when you're starting a business or you want to do that first Instagram post. It's like you got to do the post. You just got to post it. It's like just because no one's waiting to see it. I promise you, the bigger you get, no one's still waiting to see it. You have to create that structure for yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to force yourself into that consistency, into the dedication that it takes for you to be a blip on anybody else's radar. A hundred percent. Consistency is always key. Like that's always a recurring. A recurring theme in um, all of our being lives. Successful in anything. How do we cope with imposter syndrome? Ooh. Okay. So can I tell you, I was on Twitter yesterday and this guy, his name is Yasher Ali. 
Chrissy Teigen and him like always have banter on Twitter and I've seen him for years. And so he talked, he did this whole thread about um, like, let me tell you, if you need a contract negotiated or compensated, he's like package anything. I'm your guy. He's like, but when it comes to myself regarding money and valuing my labor, I absolutely suck. And he goes into this whole thing about how he feels selfish valuing his labor and all of these things. And it like spoke to my soul. I retweeted it because I was like, yo, dude, I can go in and like, I'll fucking pit bull anybody down. I will bite your head off. I'll get you every coin. But my imposter syndrome comes around like it, you know, not being smart or be not being smart. Number one, smart enough to do something that maybe I didn't know how to do before because you just made it up. We talked about that when you just kind of figure it out. I'm like, well, I, did, I don't know. I just made this up. And then the second piece comes around having and I've talked about it before, but having people think you're too aggressive or whatever. And fighting through them shits, guys, it's so fucking hard. And all I can say is that, yes, I've done the work, quote unquote, figure out how to deal with that. But it's also required like better people around me and my friends to like remind me all the time on an annoyingly annoying level. Like this ain't you're, you're wrong. Like, bitch, you're wrong. So to the people who are friends of people like that, even when they're being annoying or when they're being difficult, like. It's sometimes just remember sometimes that you can hold space because people can change their perspectives. But to stand there in front of your friend and remind them like you're not a fucking fake. And I will remind you every day until we're dead. Like you're a baddie. Be that person because it helps. Just speaking from the person who needed it. (laughs) It's true. It's like we're all guilty of being like charge this much for that thing. Oh, yeah. Upsell, upsell. And then when it's our personal rates, like, no, no, is that too much? They're like, wait, should I show another example? Should I like? You know what I mean? And like, goes laughing at me because we've literally sat in a boardroom and it's like, should we add five more examples? No, no. 76 slides uh, later. The, the two are very strong, you know, but we just feel this need. It's like Vanessa Kraft saying, why can't we just believe that we've done so many things that make us good, that make us quality, and we know what work we're offering to people and what services we can provide? I think we live in also a world where there's always a threat of a troll. Like there's always mm-hmm. a threat of some person who won't like. And and some of those threats are closer to home than we'd mm-hmm. like to mention. <laughs> so we allow for those voices to win. And at the end of the day, when you think if you're not harming anybody, but you're rather trying to bring value into the space and into the world, that the world is worse off without it. And that it's something that you both said and um, Cleo kind of touched on it. It's tough because it's tough to have good friends. It is very hard to find great people who will champion you, but it's important to let go of those around you. And it's hard, whether it be family, whether it be friends, if they're not championing you the way that you champion them, you don't need that. You don't need it. You do not need it because everybody needs all the smoke. Coming from, let, let me tell you, we didn't have cheerleading in our, in our high school. I played on, on the basketball team. I don't, I'm not a big fan of cheerleading, but I mean, mentally, I am the biggest cheerleader. And, and I, I being a big cheerleader of other people, I also need cheerleader. Mm-hmm. You, you need know? that fucking smoke, man. People, everybody needs the smoke and yeah. people need their flowers. Be that for people. Be that for people. And it's like you the other day even saying, on your your Instagram post, the May you quote, like preach, preach. Ooh, we'll link that one below, guys. It's really good. Yeah, it, it's so important. You don't think words have so much power. And I think a lot of times people 
don't believe that their words will can be so harsh and so negatively neg- so negatively affect people. So choose your words wisely, especially with the gentle souls in your life. Mm-hmm. And don't be the reason why someone doesn't try. And also, if someone tells you, like, your words hurt me, just take accountability for it. And don't make excuses. That is some shit that I cannot fucking tolerate. If if someone tells you that, even if your intention wasn't to hurt them, because what doesn't it doesn't matter what your intention was. Sometimes it matters the reception and your intention will soften if the reception was bad. But if someone can like I said something the other day to a friend of mine and I as I was saying it, I caught it in my head and I had commented about them like looking like too slim. And I said it and I thought about it and I'm like, and and then I didn't go back and apologize. And they came back to me and they're like, you know what? Like, I didn't like that you said that. And I was like, you're a million percent right. I'm so sorry. I never should have said it. What the fuck was I thinking? And that's it. Like, and they had said, they're like, thank you for like taking that and owning it. And I was like, yo, dog, I will never make an excuse for that. I shouldn't have said it. You have to be able to sometimes just eat it and eat it in a way that is without ego. Yeah, you acknowledge it. It's like someone saying to you, I don't, you hurt my feelings. I don't like what you said to me. I don't like the way you treated me in front of that person. And then the recipient to be like, I'm sorry you felt that way. No, no. I'm sorry I made you feel that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm in the wrong. Because that's all that all that's doing is just putting it back. It's projecting like when people give that apology, I'm like, sorry, that's not an apology. That's how I don't apologize yeah. to someone. If uh, I don't give a fuck about you, I'm like, I'm sorry <laughs> you feel that way. Like no, no. Yeah, I'm like, no, no, I'm not sorry. Yeah, I think um, I'm sensitive. Like I need a T-shirt that says mm-hmm. I'm sensitive. And I, in my younger years, I would have seen that as something that I had to fight against, mm-hmm. like something I had to change about me. But I also realized that so much of the amazingness that that comes out of what I create or what what comes out of being sensitive is the fact that I'm highly emotional Mm -hmm. and I recognize things that nobody else would recognize. So you take the good with the bad. So now when people say, oh, my God, you're so sensitive, it's not an insult anymore. Though people are very, very they are really trying to insult me. Absolutely. I am. (laughs) Very, very sensitive, highly sensitive individual, which also makes You're you welcome. emotionally intelligent, though. Like and, and you know, what's funny. The people who criticize the sensitivity are literally the emotionally, the most emotionally unintelligent humans on Earth. And you're like, Doc, please don't talk to me about any of this because you don't know anything. You're an asshole. <laughs> I'm so shameless about it. Oh, my God. It's uh, it's actually unbelievable. Sometimes when you see those things happen, you're like, who raised you? Docs? Like, no, dogs are smarter and way more kind than this. This is uh, there's there's this idea that um you should within business. I never went to business school, but I've met a lot of people and mentored people who have gone through business school and or like kind of uh, things in college to start a business. And they always have this like five year plan and, you know, these business plans. Right. And I've I've read a lot of them. I've seen them. It's really interesting to me because I've owned a lot of businesses, some successful, some not. But what I do know is that whole idea of prospecting, like that idea of creating this plan. It's like, it's, it's all fiction. But then it's like, create the plan, I, write it down, what you, your dreams and your aspirations, your numbers and all those kind of things. But if I could give anybody any advice, understand that that plan, <laughs> light it up. Okay? <laughs> because, Man plans, yeah. God laughs. <laughs> Seriously. Yes, it's yes. not, it's not, it's not going to go that way. And once you know you have to veer from your OG plan. Once you're okay with that, then that's when things start to move. I feel like that's something I personally learned. Like, I think years ago, I'm like, 
I mean, I am a planner, but now I feel so much more comfortable being able to say, oh, this opportunity, let's do it now. Yeah. And this, I wanted yeah. it five weeks from now, but. So that's a good point. That doesn't mean to stop manifesting your dreams. Those are two very different things. Manifesting yeah. your dreams, you will understand that it's not always going to come when and how you want it to be. But writing down a super strict business plan and expect, well, that was supposed to happen on Tuesday. And um, it's, it's Wednesday now. It hasn't happened. You know, it's important to have a perspective. It's important to know where you're going to get your money from and how you're going to get it. But also to have some fluidity through that. Because you have to be able to be nimble. I've never been like a big planner. And I've actually had to learn to start planning and being more mindful of just being more intentional about the thing. Because I've always been very fluid, very like, no, oh, just see where it goes. And then I did. And it brought me to wherever I was. And then there came a point where I was like, oh, I did all the things I thought. I made it to where I was supposed to. And now I'm here and I'm like, well, I don't know. People are like, what do you want? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that has been a super big challenge. I'm like, well, what do I want? Hmm. And then being like, ooh, am I starting too late? No, no such thing as starting too late. Hallelujah. How would you find your niche when it feels like every market is saturated? I feel like the thought is there for everyone saying every market's saturated. But when you bring something to the table that is quality and that sets yourself apart and you know that what you're putting out, I mean, you may not know it at the time, but when you get that kind of sign off from other people, you keep going with it. Like how many coffee shops are out there that are excelling? Even I remember listening to a podcast about Alfred Coffee in LA and they expanded to tea and they did, they've done the whole damn thing. And he was saying, you know, I could have just said, well, Starbucks exists. So I don't need to make this coffee shop, but I know I want to make this coffee shop. I know a thing or two about branding. Did he ever? And I want to move forward with it. It's like any market you can say is saturated because it's 2021 and everything exists. Well, it's like Spanx, right? Yeah. Mm. It did, maybe that was the niche thing. It didn't It didn't exist before. But now Skims does. Yeah. And, and she's not suffering. Yeah. And listen, we're not all Kim Kardashian or and or Sarah Blakely. And we might not all have like a super niche, really, really, really exciting and specific um, creation. But I learned this lesson. I learned so many lessons when I bartended. So shout out to bartenders if it ever comes back in Ontario. Um, you know, sometimes there were five bars a night. There were eight bars. There was always like a shit bar and I was always on the shit bar. But there was this idea that, you know, there could only be one or two that could make money and the rest wouldn't. Right. It's like this idea that, you know, yeah, we all need to be competitive against each other because there's only so much room. and There's only only so much space. But that's actually not true. I was always on the shittiest bar, but I always walked home with a ton of dough. And it was just my perspective. It's like if you give me because I walked in saying I wanted to be a bartender. And if you give me the opportunity, I'm going to slay. If I have to do like a dance behind my bar, if I the, have to. What did you call it? The hockey? What was. Oh, oh, the, oh uh, the penalty, penalty box. box. The penalty box. <laughs> Literally, like physically could not turn around in that bar. Like it was so tight. I couldn't move, but I got super busy. Did it mean that on the first couple nights I had to give some drinks away for free that I had to pay for? Yeah, but that was investing in myself. And then I got loyal clients and I served clients that people would be like, oh, you know, people would ignore hello racism. Um, But let me tell you, my bar became popping. And and that doesn't mean that like I was trying to take anything from anybody else, but there is space and room for everybody. And so it may feel saturated, but what are you going to bring to the table that's different? And you're unique. 
So lean into your uniqueness rather than just trying to be a carbon copy of somebody else. Exactly. No one's you. And sometimes you have to like get into it though. Like you have to start the work before you can even answer that question. Like, how can you be niche? You're not going to know necessarily until you actually start exactly what we're talking about this podcast, doing it. And until you start doing it, you're like, oh, you start listening to what people are telling you. What's the feedback? What's this? What are people responding to? And if you're actually paying attention, they'll tell you what they want. And that will maybe be your like super niche or whatever it is. But you have to be doing the thing and, and then paying attention to it. Like pay attention, guys. 100%. It's funny. It's like there's this trend right now. Well, trend. And now it's becoming like career paths for so many people of being a VA, like a virtual assistant. But then you become like, let's say I'm like a VA, but I'm specializing in social media. So companies are like reaching out to me through social being like, oh, I want you to do my social media. But then I become really good at like hashtag research. Then people are literally from different companies around the world paying me specifically to do their hashtag research. And it's like it literally blew up from this girl on TikTok. Hi, I'm I'm becoming a VA. <laughs> Listen, I've seen a lot of wild shit on the TikTok, guys. The avenues, the avenues. I mean, it's the life coaches for me. The 18-year-old. No, Maddie, it's TikTok. Listen, there's there's ladies. Okay, remember there was a TikTok that came up and it was a woman doing the dance and she's like, this is how often you should throw out your underwear every six to nine months. I was like, that's not true. Debunked. But then the stitch on TikTok that comes with it is these women who are like, excuse me, don't throw away your underwear. You can get motherfuckers to pay you for your panties. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? And you know what? I know better. I know better. I know better. But dead, no, dead ass. I was like, what's it called? It's called Sniffer. I I swear to God. And it's actually wild. So now it's there's like a whole, it's like strip talk, um, clean talk, like all the different forms of TikTok that exist. And they're like, no, get your fucking money. And then they list every website that you can like, basically sell your dirty underwear <laughs> this is where we're at okay guys if you think if you don't think there's an avenue for you you're, you're wrong <laughs> go on fucking panty tiktok go on strip talk go on well, clean talk you don't have to go on the we're kidding talk, obviously there's choices there's but lots that's of the point. <laughs> if they can make this niche you can make a niche it's fine we've got it all <laughs> what are some resources that have helped all of us figure stuff out Oh, I, I'm I'm not really an appy person, but maybe P. <laughs> I mean, in university, I had a subscription to Linda, L-Y-N-D-A, and they do really good, thorough tutorials specifically for the Adobe suites. But now they've expanded to do a lot of other things. But genuinely, yeah. Google, like I want to go as basic as saying, instead of asking your boss that question, Google please. It. Look it up on Google. Be the person who Google. Find a tutorial on YouTube. The questions people ask sometimes, I'm, and the people are like, there's no such thing as a stupid question. I disagree. There absolutely is. Um, and it, the stupid questions are questions that you could have researched on your own before coming to literally waste my time to ask the question because I know. You know what I love? I love streak. I use streak on my emails and it allows me. So when we have stuff come in, because sometimes like when you get brand stuff come in or whatever, you will email them back and then they take on their own time. So I snooze emails and I'm like, oh, flag it for follow up in two weeks. And then it, it like reminds me and it pulls it right back up or I can schedule send on emails. So instead of emailing people at like 10 at night, whenever I might choose to do something, I will just boomerang it for first thing in the morning so that it goes out. And that way I will never forget because there's so many things on the go. There's so many emails. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I forgot to email that person back. 
but I use the shit out of streak. It's awesome. Yes, boomerang was another one, right? Is that what we used yeah, in that, the office? That is part of it too, the email scheduling. Oh, that shit is money. And if you're somebody who like doesn't want to bug people late at night, then just use it. It's it's the best. Do you have an app for time blocking? I I honestly just write it out. And I use my notes. Well, sometimes I handwrite if I'm no, feeling you have reminders with alarms. Bro. I use reminders like eight hundred a day. And that's how I stay so because there's so many things. So if I don't have the reminder, then like I can just miss it because we're shooting or we're in a meeting. And it's like having the reminders on literally my iPhone using the reminders app and the notes app. Like I make my to do list every night on my notes app and then I'll put times. But there's literally no proper time blocking like notebook. So I think we'll make one and it's going to be gorge. It won't have a cheesy quote on it. And also, I, I think for people who um, might be kind of like figuring out stuff and at a space now where you want to get to the next level with something. Oh, yeah. Help. It's not a weakness. It's actually a strength. You cannot do everything alone and you shouldn't ask for help. It is not a weakness. You deserve it. Ask for help. And seriously, the sooner you start doing that, guys, like take shit off your plate that doesn't need to be on your fucking plate. Please, if you take any advice from people who've like done this already, take it off your plate. Like even if it's something small, like you don't have to martyr yourself and do every single thing by yourself, even like cleaning. OK, I can't I don't want to clean anymore. I'm a cleaning lady and I'm cool with it. And I'm so happy to pay her that for her for her services. She's the fucking she's the light of my life. And in the beginning of that, I'm like, no, I have no excuse. I shouldn't be doing this. I can do this by myself, except no. And now it frees up time for me to be with me and me to just chill. And then I feel great because I'm paying this other person to do this great thing. She's making her coin. You don't have to do it all ever. Please, please don't. Wow. I love this episode. Time for you to go cleaning, lady. (laughs) (laughs) Good vibes only. I mean, I hope everyone took their notes, but if not, we'll have a blog post with all of these tips, tricks, inspo, life hacks. Happy hump day, y'all. Happy hump day. Oh my God, I <laughs> hate that. Same. I know, me too, but I'm going to finish my white claw. And- and you know what's, what's an even worse one that's come out of, of um, I don't know COVID? if it came from COVID, but um, happy Friday Eve. No. I'm sorry, yeah. what? Someone Thursday. said Friday Junior. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, guys. We're really reaching for a Friday. Happy Friday's Eve. No, I rebuke this in the name of Jesus. (laughs) Black Jesus only. Um. (laughs) Coz, you know what to do. Rate this podcast five stars on Apple and don't forget to follow us on Spotify. You can continue keeping up with our adventure on the gram at Coco and Co. That's C-O-W-E. Now go tell your friends about it. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 